G'day and welcome back to the Shed of Basketball Truth. It is Studio 3. Big show, big couple of show plan, shows planned for the week. First one, we've got some NBL1 movement around the league and a couple of different signings. A lot of action in the WNBL as we get real close to the pointy end of the season. Then, of course, we've even though we've had the FIBA break, we've had a couple of... Uh, uncomfortable and, 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 you know, really happy news is uh, for the, for the bullets and, and around the league as coaching situations change and staffing changes and just the reality that uh, the reality of the business, um, uh, unfortunately for, for some and, you know, good news for some others. So we'll talk that through, but I need someone to talk that through with, and I've got a returning special guest this week, the lion himself the the marketing manager for bq and frankly one of the shallowest backswings i've seen on an instagram story lately uh wow. one, yeah one lucky nuddle how we doing buddy i'm great mate thanks for having me it's, it's funny you bring that up the minute i watched that video i was like man i need to work on my backswing. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm very good at pointing out flaws in other people's golf game most people are. Yeah. <laughs> it's a skill almost everyone has. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, my golf game uh, tends to fall to pot whenever there's any pressure. Uh, yeah. I, I fall part like the best of them. But yep. off the tee, oh, I can go left or right. It doesn't matter if the fairway's straight, one or the other's going to happen. So, but uh, uh, we, we could talk about golf all day, I'm sure, but it's not a golfing podcast. Not yet, though the ball doesn't lie in golf either. So correct, you know, players do, but yep. <laughs> just like basketball. All right, mate. NBL one, uh, couple of signings over there. We'll, uh, but before we do get to the NBL one, actually, we've had a bit of uh, some nationals action that you were a part of. So the under twenties. Can you tell us a bit about uh, how Queensland went in those? Yeah. So obviously, um, the under twenty nationals were over in uh, Geelong the last two weeks. Um, really cool to go over there, obviously going over with the basketball Queensland teams and following them. And if anyone wants to follow the journey, you can jump on the, the basketball Queensland socials and YouTube and, and check out some of the episodes there. But um, yeah, it was, it was really cool to follow the teams and see that level of talent. I've never been to a twenties before, but obviously there's a handful of guys that had one MVPs there, like Patty Mills, um, Damian Martin, a bunch of, um, huge names that were listed in the program that I was looking at. And it's kind of like the breeding ground for the next generation of players. And, and we saw that with the boomers too, like obviously um, a few of, a few of the um, younger talents like Alex Tui, um, Condon, and even Queensland's own Rocco were part of the training squad with them. So yeah, it was, it was really cool to see that next generation is going to come up and, and see what they're going to be able to do. The Queensland teams obviously couldn't, quite get the get the gold um with the queensland uh, versus everybody tag next to their name um but yeah no it was, it was awesome to be there and really cool yeah nice uh hopefully uh hopefully one day i can get to one because it's, it's one of those tournaments that just looks like it's it's good fun and it's at it's at that level where everyone is just super excited well, the next one's a stone's throw away. The under-18s is obviously hosted at Northside, so there's going to be a, a big level of talent, particularly Queensland-wise over there with, with Rock on Roman. So we'll have to get you over for a couple of games. Let's do it. All righty. MBL1, a couple of signings uh, caught my eye this week. 
Now, uh, who do we have? Uh, Hayley Cotter for returning for the Wizards. Classic Wizards there. Um, got a lot coming in and leaving uh, leaving a little bit uh, later in the schedule, if you will, to, to actually announce. But nice returning signature for them. Uh, USC Rip City has been able to scalp <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, Stephanie Bairstow. Yes, that Bairstow family. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> absolute baller. Really good signing for them. Uh, interesting to see how they're going to go this season. We're obviously with Matty Rochi moving on. Um, you know, see how they go in the uh, in that period with Carly Smith and some of those other those other core groups still returning. Um, interesting to see how they go this year as well. Uh, over in the men. Uh, Tyler Williams has signed, <clears throat> excuse me, for up in Mackay. And of one of the big news is actually not a signing uh, in the NBL one, but around Jeremy Kendall, because obviously he spent the last couple of seasons in Logan. It's one of those players that uh, if he did sign somewhere, they'd be almost an instant contender the way he plays. And he's had an amazing season last year, just obviously fell short and then the injury at the end. But he's heading over to the New Zealand National Basketball League. I'm going to play with the Southland Sharks. So, yeah, look, best of luck to uh, to JK there. He's obviously been doing all sorts of work at um, with juniors uh, of late. So, th- big thanks to JK for for that stuff, and best of luck in NZ. Obviously, friend of the show, uh, and of course, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Junior hoop stars, junior himself, uh, Kobe McDowell White, the the one with the big fluffy hair that gets tied back. Uh, yep. Not not Will, but obviously same family again. Um, returning back to the Spartans, of course he was. You know, he's never going anywhere else, surely. But uh, going back to the Spartans, number five, again uh, for those guys, it's going to be a little bit different because. They've got they've got a few uh, well they've got different coaches coming in and you know obviously some staying some going so we'll just have to see how how that shakes out uh, at the MBL Blitz which is uh, coming up mate yeah mate around the corner next week on uh, the Friday Saturday and Sunday starts on the tenth over at uh, Northside Wizards so big couple of days of basketball I think what's really cool this year with the tournament is obviously we'll have a lot of those WNBL and NBL players there um, as opposed to last year I think a couple more teams as well so I think it'll be a true preseason where we get to see what teams look like what their makeup is like um, and who's kind of in form going into those first couple of rounds of the of the season yeah look it uh, I took my little one um, you know when it came back and was like, yep, let's do this. And she loved it. Like, you know, to drag the whole fam along and I've been to, um, been to that one, going to go to this one. It's, it's a good bit of basketball and it's really like that almost tournament feel, but at a really high level. So, and especially this year with some of those uh, higher caliber talent coming in so early should only make for better basketball. Yeah, exactly. And I think, only north and south are the ones that do it. I don't think any of the other conferences really have a proper blitz like we are doing. Um, they obviously have preseason games, but yeah, to have a round robin type of tournament three, uh, two weeks out from the season is is really cool. Yeah, definitely. And one name I did men- uh, forget to mention earlier was uh, Lily Sara, signed for Brizzy Caps. Um, the women's coming over from Red City Raw. So yeah, again, 
um, you know, home teamer, obviously, with both of us there. But, uh, you know, they've kept the core group and they've added extra pieces. The juniors are going to be one year old, you know, an extra year older. Um, and they've had, you know, really, they've done some really good stuff with in their NBL one off seasons with their junior stuff that they've done. So, uh, yeah, look, hard to see the Capitals, you know, taking a step back, obviously, from conversations I've had. They have no interest in doing so. But, you know, the basketball will show out, hopefully, for the best for them. I think with their signings too, like, I don't want to say too early, but I think they're definitely a top four team with the people they've got around them. Obviously, adding Maya from Red City is like a huge add for them. So, and hopefully Kabilo can play the same way she did last season and, and put the team on her back a bit and, and carry them through. So, yeah, I think I think they're a team that can really go into the playoffs and hopefully go to a final series this year. Yeah, definitely. So, oh, just it, it's going to be a great NBL one, uh, NBL one season. And uh, when again does it the actual proper kickoff with all those amazing uh, rivalry rounds we've got going on? Um, I believe it's the twenty fifth. Off the top of my head, Man, I've got dates everywhere right now, but uh, 25th off the top of my head should be the first round of uh, the NBL one with rivals round. Heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. He's a lady killer. Dates everywhere. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> All right, mate. Let's let's head over to the WNBL Southside Flyers. We're able to get it done over the Boomers. Nice, good, solid win for them on last Wednesday. Then Sydney Uni Flames. Look, you know. They've been they've been very different um, with their results anyway on the court since the heels departure. Yep, nice yep. way of putting it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so look, they got it done over the Adelaide Lightning. UC Capitals really pushed the Boomers, and they're they're one of those teams that can really get out there at the moment and. Ruin someone else's ruin someone else's final chances because there are there look there are those three teams that are basically at the point where they're well their Locked season's in. done yeah their, their season's done um, in the Flames the Capital and the Lightning it's not going to happen for them everyone else is in the hunt um, but it could be one of these lower teams who steps up and you know dictates exactly who that is uh, speaking of which links needed to get the day the uh, Let's try that again. Lynx needed to get the W over the spirit and did. And uh, with results coming through here tonight, as we record, Townsville Fire have got up over the spirit again, making it just harder and harder for the spirit to get back into the top four now. So Lynx, Lynx have themselves a good position. Um, they also have a couple of extra games to play in these last couple of rounds. So Lynx are definitely in the better position. Uh, Lynx and Spirit both have 11 wins, but Spirit have 10 losses. So Lynx can hold on, um, you know, with those couple of extra games as long as they win enough. Um, classic thing, but Spirit, yeah, look, that they've had a tough, tough couple of tough couple of uh, games here, and they just haven't been able to put it together. Obviously, they had that massive run at the start of the season. But yeah, uh, they went down here tonight, eighty-nine to sixty-four. Uh, to the Tough Townsville one. Fire, yeah, just absolute yowzers, yowzers. 
I mean, as a Queensland person, I'm very happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all behind Townsville here right now. But. Yeah, yeah. And look, it's one of those things. Everyone, uh, almost everyone, Queensland is sure, but everyone who came through the door and you know, sat down for the show and we talked to WNBL and we got into predictions, most of them couldn't go past Townsville Fire. And with this W, um, it looks like they are going to hold the minor premiership. Which, hey, you know, go Townsville Fire. Um, great job to everybody involved. You know, obviously, friend of the show, Steph Reeds, your Shannon Seabombs, your Nicholsons, everybody down here, Courtney Woods. <clears throat> and of course, you know, um, you know Charlie Hill's going to come in late. But if she has a help in the push, then obviously she's going to um, get her roses too, in that sense. So, but. Great job from everyone from the fire organization. You've had a great run. It's now um, 11 and 0 uh, in the last 11 games. Fantastic. Keep that fire burning. But uh, yeah, look, let's get into our um, uh, who we got. We've got Keely Froling, absolute baller, was our signet player of the round for last round. 26 points per game and 10 rebounds, averaging a double double. Frolings know how to play. Keeling is no exception. She's one of the best in the fam. Um, team of the week, Jade Melbourne for the Capitals, 18 points, 13 assists. Off to the WNBA as well. Exactly, yep. <clears throat> Tiana Monk here, uh, 22.5 points a game, seven assists uh, average across their Adelaide and Townsville games. Tiff Mitchell, who's just almost been a part of every single one of these team of the weeks. Uh, it feels like as we're getting close to the end of the season, it's going to be really difficult um, knowing that not to give her, uh, uh, she's going to be in that MVP convo. Definitely. So, you know, it's it's going to be really hard to, to give it to someone else because obviously a lot of other potential players have had dips and injuries. She's been solid all season long. And Keely Froling, of course, in the team of the week and Kayla Thornton, uh, no stranger to the WNBL Signet Team of the Week for Week 15 of the WNBL. All right. That's the WNBL all covered off. Now, you'd think if we're sitting here and we're going to transition over to the NBL, there'd be only one thing we're going to talk about, the grand final. But no, this is the uh, that time of the year when some things change. You get the brooms out. Yep. And they basically clean up um, for all sorts of reasons. Uh, but they, they clean up the associations when it comes to assistant coaches, head coaches, you know, GMs, heads of basketball operations, those sorts of things. All the changes tend to happen basically at this sort of point. Once the regular seasons are properly over, awards have been given out. They've had their player nights. Now it's time for those uncomfortable conversations. So uh, some of them have taken place across the league. For example, Southeast Melbourne, Simon Mitchell is going to step down. Um, he's going to step away from the role in, in this upcoming season. And, you know, that's it's one of those things, um, you know, I, I know for a fact, for example, like someone like Benny Wilson, good old friend of the show, uh, he's not going to be too disappointed by that. Thought someone could have done a little bit more in that situation. Um, 
And it's one of those things too, like they've had talented-ish teams that didn't quite necessarily gel and then come close on the back of Mitch Creek and it's just, yeah, it's been a weird sort of situation that he's um, so he's been through. So he's going to be moving on. Is that the end of the world? Uh, uh, look, not really. I think the writing was sort of on the wall. You you had the feeling that a, a move would probably be probably be made um in that situation so a move has been and i feel like it's a tough job like he was probably one of the first people they signed when they launched the franchise and stuff like that it's a tough job coming in as that coach and i think he's done well to like i think he's i think he's had three winning seasons out of his four which is which is a solid achievement obviously not making it that far in the postseason and a change was definitely needed um but yeah i i don't think it's any question of how he delivered to what he was expected to do for that team. Yep. So he's going to be moving on. And now I get to hit this button one more time. Feels like it's almost one more time for the season. All right. Well, bullets are, Back in the bullets babble, short babble this week, short babble this week. Okay, so let's 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 start with the veggies first, and then we'll have the dessert at the end. Okay. So, assistant coaches, um, Piero Cameron, um, uh, after coming in towards the end of the yeah, season? towards the end Last of the season, games. yeah, um, he's going to be basically re-released into the wild, if you will, yep. of assistant coach land. Um, Peter Crawford, uh, uh, he's been there for a couple of seasons now. He's also going to be uh, released. Um, and he's going to he's gonna be taking on that Spartans head coaching head role. Spartans, man. So, you know, he's got something to move into. So obviously we wish him the best of luck there. But, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. New coach, um, new, new assistant coaches do tend to follow – uh but sam mckinnon also uh is one of those people who unfortunately isn't going to have a place with the bullets next year which you know quite sad he's been there for a while quite a while and you know it really felt as if um from the outside he did everything asked of him he put together a talented roster you know it didn't fit with the coach he then came in to coach seemed to have the locker room like people players zipped it buttoned it right up and he was able to just talk in those huddles at a really calm level and you had all these very talented players shut the hell up and listen you know so and then they started to win he got the axe and they brought in vandy um vandy is staying uh staying on but uh yeah, uh, best of luck to Sam and, you know, Sam, Peter, and Piero. Um, but, yeah, you know, just really feel for for, for Sam in that sense. Um, you know, for, as a fan point of view, it, it feels tough, but you know, don't know. Hopefully this means now that ownership are going to really step in and take a stronger role and do these sort of things I don't know, just 
either get involved or pull back one of the two. Yeah, and, like, it's, and it's tough as well given the season they had. Like the pitchforks were out. Like mm. they, they couldn't they couldn't stand to do nothing. They needed to make some pretty drastic changes. Uh, you can't have a what was it eight and twenty record mm. and a fifty point loss to your name and then not do anything. So yeah, I feel sorry for Sammy Mack because it is a tricky position to be in. But yeah, pitchforks were out. Something had to happen, and and, and unfortunately, he's one of the casualties. Indeed, but here's the dessert. The dessert. And for me, this is how I sort of see this this person who is coming in for the bullets. I when I was a kid, I collected <clears throat> still have my collection. I can literally point to it. It's over there. Um, of NBA cards. And along the journey, you you know, you get family members who mean the best and they'll go, Oh, you're into cards. Here you go. I got you some sporting cards, and they'll be tennis cards and whatever. <laughs> At some point, someone got me a pack of um, MBL cards and they weren't brilliant MBL cards. There was only one player in there and it was Daryl McDonald. And it's a gorgeous card. It's unfortunately, I didn't know enough about protecting the cardboard for it to be a properly, you know, gorgeous and wildly expensive card. But it is the only card I ever genuinely kept from the childhood just because DMAC is DMAC. He was that guy. Yeah. Uh, he was that guy as a player. He's that guy who is an assistant coach and everyone wildly respects. He walks into a place and you can literally see every third person bumping the next person's elbow going, oh, hey, hey, like, you know, with the head nods. It's great when that happens. I, I love those moments. But uh, you get yeah. a bit of capitals, right? Sorry. People see you around at Capitals and do the same thing. Uh, ooh, it's, it's more like thumbs down and <laughs> just, ooh, you know, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I, I, I'm I not going to kid myself here and say that I get that at DMAC. There's no way. That's fair. That's There's fair. no way. Uh, I get more of that at, um, at at school and stuff. I'd probably get more of that DMAC sort of celebrity, yep. faux celebrity action yep. for me. He gets it for real. But, yeah, look. Um, I see him coming in as only being a positive thing. Um, you know, he's on the coaching staff for someone he's already worked with. So, you know, he, it's DMAC, you know, he, he's instantly should have the respect of everybody who is, uh, who is coaching. If not, they can Google him and boom, they should know exactly, uh, who he is and what he's on about. Um, and if not, pick up the phone and talk to some of the NBL legends who have absolutely come out and praised him over his coaching journey. Yeah. And what what do you think? Uh, I, mean, you might, I might be beating you to the punch here about what's going to happen next, but obviously change of coaches and things like that. What what are you seeing for the, for the future of the Bullets in regards to players and signings and things like that? Um, I'm hoping we get some. Because currently, what have we got? Uh, Bainesy, Sobe, DJ Mitchell. DJ Mitchell is, is the current list. And that's not a starting five yet. No. It, it's a good starting three. But uh, look, I'd like a point guard. Um, let Sobe be Sobe and not give him the ball on every single possession. Get Baines inside. Use him as that. Let him stretch three. Um, stretch out to that three, but get the man inside, you know, really utilize that. That's when the bullets played their best this season. Um, also 
probably get another, at least you're going to need another four around him, someone else to back him up. Um, cause he's big, he's bold. He's gone through some stuff. There's going to be some times where, yeah, he's going to sit down and we don't want it to fall off a cliff when that happens. What's going to happen? Ah, uh, look, I think we've got a good coach coming in. I'm liking, obviously I'm loving DMAC coming in. Um, hopefully they get out and sign. I don't like that Sam McKinnon has left. Obviously, you know, they had to make some changes. I don't like that particular one. But I'm a fan of the association, so, you know, what I want is a winning season. Yeah, I think, and it's it's cool as well with the coaches, like because realistically, coming in with your first season, all you have to do is beat eight wins. In reality, you know, the second season's where you really need to prove yourself. Yeah, but we're talking about, and I know might seem a bit like I'm jumping on the Queensland bandwagon a bit, but I think it's it's really necessary in order to bring maybe some guys home, mm. like a Will McDowell White or someone like that. Um, and, and fill him into that point guard role, but also get some nice development players from around Queensland. There's plenty of them. I know we, we say the Tim Sung, but I know there's a lot of... Uh, and, that, and that's the other thing. Shula was at the under-20s nationals. He would have seen that Queensland team played, and there's a plenty of serviceable guys there that are future prospects. So I think it's building around guys that are from the city too, like what New Zealand have done. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think there's expectations that are there are okay let's do better than last year which in my books isn't that hard no no i mean uh coach duncan got the tap on the shoulder after it was pretty much the writing was on the wall after the zero and five season zero and five start to the season what do you think zero and seven zero and eight so they're not going to want to go through the same sort of situation i think they're also even if it is a sluggish start I think they're going to give this guy a bit more rope yep. because they're not going to want to have the same BS media stories and everything out there that they had this season. And it was, it was a show. It was a circus. Yeah. You know, and it didn't give the players a chance to get into a set rhythm for the whole show, you know? And if you're gonna, it, I think it actually would have been better off um, to leave James Duncan in with the way it all went, they would have literally been better off to leave leave it as it was and just live with those issues. I think you would have eventually won more games. Even though when I'm saying that, I'm immediately thinking of all the negatives <laughs> <laughs> and jumping back into that bandwagon. But literally a winning season. Yeah. That's it. Like I don't have super high expectations I went through that, you know, left wildly disappointed. Just a winning season, you know. That I can live with as an association. Like, I'll be, all right, I've got faith again. Like, you know, I was on the verge. Wasn't great season, da 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 da, da. Just Give me something to barrack for. Yeah. And I, don't, I-, and I don't want to go and watch Brisbane and have my wife's ear, oh, my wife's words ringing in my ear. Oh God, we're up late. Is, is Brisbane going to mm. Brisbane? Yep. And I think, um, and and if I am being critical of one thing that I haven't seen from the Bullets yet, I, and, and I might even say since their return, like is a true culture 
within the NBL, they're known for something, you know? There's not there's not a culture and identity you could put around the boards, particularly from this last season. So I think having a new coach come in and try to build something like that would be awesome. And and you see it on other teams. Like when you watch Perth come down and play against the Bullets, the guys that started in that game and the guys that played are post game out there rebounding for the guys that didn't play. And as critical as it, as it sounds, like Bullets would never do that. So I would love to see that come that comes from the top as well. That comes from a position like a Sammy Mack or, or or the coaches and stuff like that, where you can change a culture within that team and get more buy-in, and you can see it on the court too. So that's something I'm, I'm really hoping for next season. And look, I'll come out and say it. We really don't need another a Big Lou-style signing. No. Someone who's just bringing possible market share and who clearly just can't cut at the speed of the NBL. Like in a like obviously a man mountain sort of situation mm. and a slower league, yes, sure, but the NBL ain't that. So let's not go down that road again, too. Yeah, and, and it's you don't you don't want to be competing with the Uniteds of the world, like the Uniteds, the Sydneys, the Perths. Like I think it was really cool what Cairns did this year and just said, look, we're going to get some young guys, we're going to get some studs, but we're going to build around these young guys and look what it did for them. Mm. You know, if Bullets took that map right there and said look we're going to be brisbane first and not look at these other teams and not try to compete with them on that type of level with the money too um i think i think it's only going to benefit them yeah and you've got a city of people who want to barrack for you like the fact that you know even with this horrible record they had they were still getting good amounts of people down at that tiny place where they play um you know Nissan Arena was filling out. There was still a good atmosphere for the first big chunks of these games because obviously you're down by 20 or 30 and your team stops playing on you. You're going to feel, you know, the heat The heat went out of the building, yep. you know, but people were still showing up, people were still buying their tickets, people were still buying jerseys, doing all those sorts of things. And obviously if you're winning, they're going to do that you know, tenfold. But people were still there. They haven't given up on you yet. Don't give them more reasons to give up on you. But all right, that's enough of you know. Got that out of our system. Yeah, shake that off. You know, we'll we'll come back next year, and things can't be worse. Surely, yeah. surely. All right, mate. MBL Grand Final Series or the Hungry Jacks Grand Final Series. Yeah. However, you want to. Not an official sponsor of the podcast, so. Yeah, good point. Good point. Good point. You know, Hunger Jacks. If you're out there, though, we are interested. <laughs> oh yeah, not interested in the uh, that um, that other clown. No, 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 no. no. That being said, <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. Well, look, we've had uh, we, we've had the fever break. We obviously, we've known for a week. Kings, Breakers, Grand Final Series, best of five if necessary. What are your thoughts? Who are you taking? I'm conflicted. So I am sitting here wearing a Queensland versus everybody shirt, <laughs> which is kind of the, the thing that uh, the Kings have adopted, the, mm-hmm. the uh, Kings versus everyone. Yep. Um, I did trademark that, so just so you know. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think they've adopted that mentality. They're riding with that mentality. That they've been the best team the last two years. Um, the narrative is definitely there. For them to go win it but 
as a fan of the underdog, there's also the flip side to it where New Zealand were dead last last year. Mm. They're right now coming into a final series against the best in the league. They were in a bubble last year. They didn't play at home. All all these things are adding to the narrative where if they come out with a trophy, it's it's just awesome for them and the league, you know. But um, if we're talking about predictions, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to roll with the Kings here. As much as I hate saying it, Kings in five. Kings in five. It's gonna be a five game series. It has to be. <laughs> the way that the, 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 I don't think any game has been a more than single digits blowout. I think all three have been really tight. Mm. yeah look uh look and i do have a chicken bet already on the line with maca and he locked in his prediction last week he's uh he's taken three and one kings so breakers to get a game uh yeah look i find myself look i feel as if it's going to be a kings i feel as if kings are going to get it done but like you, I do love that underdog story. What well, Kings went up against a team that wasn't even in the league the year uh, last year, uh, with the Jack Jumpers for the previous season. Before that, obviously, um, yeah, they took care of them fairly handily. But I think this year they're in a very different situation with the Breakers. These Breakers have got a story. They've got some raw emotion around this. They've come back. They have played a really tough just gritty grindy season of basketball it's gone really well for them um you know obviously you're the king to you're the king no more champs and they've also had a really good season you know they've been at the top for almost right from the jump um they waved a little bit but finished number one champs last year the big thing for me, obviously, is um, going to be that question mark around Xavier Cooks. I think the break helped. Definitely. Cannot have hurt. Yeah. Cannot have hurt. You also get the feeling he could have come back um, in that uh, in that second game yeah. um, against Taipans if needed. So, you know, how exactly fresh and how much is it going to be in his mind, if at all? If he can, if he's completely able to... I'd be 100% on and shaking it out of the mind. Jeez, look out, breakers. Good luck stopping. Um, for me, I think it's going to come down to the real test of how each team has gone throughout the season is two players um, for mind. Breakers, Abercrombie. Mm -hmm. If Abercrombie balls out and has himself a game, breakers, that just seems to be a, you know, when he's doing that, look out because it doesn't seem to matter. Um, you know, he gets him rolling. And on the other side of the coin, you've got Vasilovic. Vasilovic went missing very early on in those first two games against the Taipans. But from that point, like he, in the third, he really stepped up. And he's that classic player for the Kings. If he's out there and he's rolling, yowzers. Because it's sort of, he's one of those weird guys where other people catch energy from him. And he really builds it. And obviously you've got you know your core guys on both ends. But I think you know, they're the real sort of litmus paper tests for uh, of how a how well a team is genuinely rolling. And if those two are, both those teams tend to do really well. Yeah. And I think that I think it's one of two things. That's definitely one of them. I think it's who can stop the microwave on the other team. So if if Vasilievich gets hot, mm -hmm. 
how are you going to cancel that out and how are you going to stop that? Because we know that guys like Cooks and people like that are going to get are going to get their looks regardless. So it's it's stopping those dudes that come in off the bench and and get hot. Um, I think the other thing is, and I, and I was listening to um, Liam Santa Maria talking about, and he was saying the Kings have the fastest pace in the league. The breakers have the slowest in the league. So I think it's also going to be a matter of what team gets to play their brand of basketball the most. You know, if if Kings get on a run where they're pushing the pace, they're getting down the court, X is ramming it down dudes' throats, mm-hmm. that's not the game the breakers want to play. But it's vice versa. Like if, if the ball's in Will McDowell White's hands, they're running through their sets, that's not ideal for the Kings. So I think that it'll come down to those two things, like who gets hot and who can stop them, but also who gets to play their actual brand of basketball the most over those hopefully five games because we want to watch five, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We want five. We don't want to sweep. Sweeps are boring in that sense. Um, yeah, look, it, it will be interesting. And of course um, it's, it, it is one of the most heavily scouted and like, you know, coached leagues uh, around the world in that sense of, um, you know, because we've got all these assistant coaches, and we've got great angles and great different things going the scouts are normally pretty good coming into these things, but how are they going to be able to adjust from game to game, um, especially with a stretch to a five-game series? If this goes the distance, you know, there's going to be so much pressure on these on on these coaching crews. And what happens if you, you know, obviously both teams have a coach who can get a little bit hot mm. under the collar. What? Uh, so yeah. stupid, getting Whoa, hot. I know. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> Sorry, breakers have got their own guy um, in that sense. But, you know, how well are they? Because these, these are going to be some high-intensity, high-level stress situations. One of, their coach, one of these head coaches gets, you know, tossed from a game. How's that going to work? Like, how, how well can the whoever is the nominated assistant step up and really, you know, obviously, you know, Kings this season seem to have a little bit more experience uh, in that situation. They seem to pass the clipboard pretty quickly and know exactly how it's going to roll. Um, but, you know, big moments. I think I think it's on the court too. Like you're going to get X and Brantley going against each other too. Like those are two guys that are happy to say a few words and, and get mm-hmm. into it and talk to mm-hmm. the crowd and stuff. So I think it, it'll get a pretty pretty heated heated. Uh, series i think yeah look can't wait obviously we've got the five games starting this friday uh it's going to start with the kings then back uh back across the dutch to the breakers and then backwards and forwards and then fifth game will be with the kings if it comes down to obviously that's what you and me want obviously that's what i want because i get chicken and five games of basketball fingies crossed um just thinking about it too yeah so last week we went with when we were putting on the chicken bet me and myself and maca um whoever's closest would win to the actual result so if it's a sweep by the kings that's going to be maca's chicken mm-hmm. if it's three and one to the kings that's going to be maca's chicken but if it's any other result that means big dog's going home with the chicken yeah so <sighs> What am I doing? Come on, breakers. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I don't I don't mind the, the story of them going into game four and winning at home. But what what a way to finish the story right there, you know? So And look, they were able to um 
Yeah, they obviously each the Kings and the Breakers had trouble returning. But they were obviously won both um, both of their final semifinals games to get their ticket to the grand final on their home court. They had trouble away. Yeah. How much of a impact is that going to have? Um, look, obviously it's going. You'd, you'd have to think it'd be huge, um, realistically. But um, yeah. All right. Well, look, we'll just have to wait and see. We don't have to wait long. Well, FIBA break is now officially over. Back to NBL action this Friday. Uh, the Kings did come out earlier today, though, and drop the news that they are going to be the first first Australian Basketball Association to create and build a men's and women's um, training facility that they'll both be able to play in training and they'll have separate facilities inside um, for for each to be able to use. And obviously this is, you know, a, a really good thing for Aussie basketball. Yeah, really awesome. And and it, it's cool, man, because when, when I was in Geelong, obviously getting down to a few of the different stadiums down there and with throughout Melbourne, um, the reason they're able to grow and the reason they're able to have so much success is because they have that venue availability, which we don't necessarily have in Queensland right now. So obviously it helps with the with the Olympics coming around the corner and, and some – Things getting approved with buildings putting basketballs on the side of them and things like that. But yeah, no, a facility like that, if we had a spare 20 mil as well, I'm sure it uh, would go quite nicely into the facility. Well, you know, there's always Lotto, gamble responsibly. Um, but yeah, look, it, it does help, but obviously you need the, you know, you need the initial seed money to get these things up and best of luck to them. Um, obviously, hopefully for Australian basketball, it is a, a great place um, that they'll allow others to go and see. And you know, for me, that'd be a great place to take a you know, to to if I was a coach of a junior team, take them along. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Um, Kings Flames could easily sell tickets to that, I'm sure, and you know, make a little bit of extra, uh, a little bit of extra money. People would sign up for that. Um, but yeah, obviously great to see first of its kind in Australia. Fantastic, um, awesome, absolutely awesome news came out this afternoon. That is going to wrap us up here though for episode one for the week. Thank you very much for listening. More importantly though, thank you very much, Lockie, for coming on board and joining us in studio. Still under construction, but we're getting there. That's all right. Every time I come in, there's a little piece added, so yep. it's definitely getting there, mate. Yep, yep, yep. Well, that's, that's what we're about. Long journey. That's it. <laughs> All right. Uh, dude, please jump on the socials. Give us those likes. If you're liking what we're doing, share it around to your friends. Uh, if you are uh, avail- able to, please do jump on uh, any of those streaming services that allow five-star reviews. Once you've listened to us, give us that five-star review. That stuff all really helps. It definitely does. So, Once again, uh, until you're listening to us again, just remember, that ball don't lie. It never does.